I have a newsletter called Would You Rather. That's just a weekly illustrated Would You Rather scenario. That's yeah. you? That's <laughs> yeah. you? Chris, Chris, I have a Would You Rather email in one of my presentations. At, and it's Would You Rather have a dog <laughs> head or a dog body? <laughs> I, I love it. I, had no I hope that slide is not don't send stupid emails like this. <laughs> Hey there, podcast listeners. My name is Sophie Carrizo, and I'm the producer of Humans of Email. Today, we have a snippet for your enjoyment, which is a short bonus episode. Jen Capshaw is speaking with Chris Vasquez, the chief product officer over at Aweber. To clear some things up, we recorded this before the season started, so Jen talks a bit about how we launched on Valentine's Day as the love letter to the email world. We also refer to some early podcast episodes, such as the one with Mark Robbins, so be sure to go listen to those after this. Enjoy. Jen Capstraw here, and I'm hanging out with Chris Vasquez, the Chief Product Officer at Aweber. So glad to have you here with us, Chris. Welcome. You are muted. Why did I do that? <laughs> I went to take a I went to take a drink of water. That's what it was. But I'm so happy to be here and talk to you. And I was just taking that drink of water so I could be fully prepared to uh, to have the conversation. Well, things are super loose and casual here at Humans of Email because we are humans. And sometimes, you know, we accidentally hit that mute button. Totally I was acceptable. illustrating that point. How about that? You know? <laughs> well done. Well done. You're one of us already. So you are the chief product officer at Aweber, which is a solution in the email automation space. And Aweber is our first sponsor here at Humans of Email. We are so excited and so grateful for you to be a part of our show. Um, I'd love to know why is it that Aweber decided you wanted to be a part of this podcast? Uh, the big thing is we, we love the people who are involved in email, uh, all the way from the folks who think about the emails that they're going to send to their audience to the people who are uh, responsible for designing those emails, actually building them, and then uh, folks on the, the back end who need to understand what's working and what's not. Um, and obviously, we're an email uh, marketing tool. That's like what we started out as two decades ago, and it's still core to who we are. But when it comes to email, the thing that just makes us so uh, excited about it is the constraints. And I know those are the things that we oftentimes get frustrated with, but creativity flourishes in environments where there are constraints. And the wild things that people manage to do with email uh, just continues to excite us two decades later. Um, so we love the people who uh, face those constraints and come up with interesting solutions to them, uh, overcome challenges. And specifically humans of email, I, I just have to say we're huge fans of women of email. And um, knowing that uh, this, this project comes from that same core group of people, it was something we had to be a part of. Uh, Women of Email has directly impacted a number of our own team members in incredibly positive ways. And we want to be a part of scaling that. Thank you. Women of Email is, is my baby. It's really the best thing I've ever done with my life. And, and I appreciate those kind words. Um, and what you're saying about email and, and the, the constraints, the challenges of it, I think that's what I love about it most as well. It's, it's hard to do. And you're either going to go, ooh, this is a fascinating puzzle for me to solve, or you're going to yeah, go, not nope, for me. Nope, this is not for me. 
right. So I think all of us who are diehard email geeks, like we can all relate to like the beauty of the challenge. And that's what really makes it a really special channel. And would it be safe to say that that's what gets you most excited oh, about of email? Of course. Um, like seeing people. Uh, yeah, it, it's just wild. People building games and all sorts of really interesting experiences in this tight little box uh, and that people end up really loving. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the one person's name who built the, the like retro style game in email. Uh, I'll find it and send it after the fact because it, because it was such a neat experiment. But like that level of creative thinking and refusal to accept the limitations of the medium uh, is just inspiring. Are you thinking of Mark Robbins? Uh, it might have been a Mark Robbins thing. I feel like everything cool is like, oh, did Mark Robbins do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's actually one of our guests. So we've got an episode coming up with him. And he, he talks about some of the games that he's made in email, including something that was inspired by Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> but, but he couldn't call it that. So I think it was called The Whack-A-Fole. <laughs> And, and then he had another game where you had to, like, squish a fly. So uh, that episode is nice. coming up. And that is something that is, like, super cool that you could do with, with uh, interactivity and email. Um, and, and you also mentioned, you said the last 20 years. And I think that that was a direct reference to more than 20 years that Aweber has been in existence. Like, you are an OG email service provider and yet kind of under the radar. Can you tell us a little bit about the history yeah, sure. of Aweber? So our founder, who's still with the company, his name's Tom Colzer, he started this. The story is so funny. He was working as uh, like a modem salesman. And uh, he, he says like he was just he hated doing prospecting and outreach. And he hated the act of having to manually email someone over and over again. But he knew it took several times before he'd get a response on average. So he built a little tool to do that for him. And then he was going to go back to school at the uh, uh, end of the summer. And uh, as he was going back, some of the people that he worked with who had heard about his tool uh, asked if they could use it. And it was at that point in time in the late 90s when he was like, you know what, maybe I have something here. And over the uh, next two decades from, uh, from then till now, we've built out an uh, ESP that has uh, email marketing email automation that kind of riffed off that initial idea. We have tons of people sending all sorts of interesting newsletters. And now recently we've added landing pages, e-commerce tools, and web push notifications as well. Uh, but we still were 100% privately owned, which gives us a lot of freedom in terms of the decisions we make. Like it, it allows us to be really, really um, uh, picky in terms of what we allow on the network and what we keep off the network. Like we're incredibly protective of our sender's ability to get mail into the inbox. Um, and we're, we're really careful about making sure that things that don't, uh, you know, like poor quality, abusive stuff has no place on the AWeber network. I hear you. Spam yes, free zone. Yeah. I like our, <laughs> our basic thing it. is like if this email it doesn't look like something that you'd send to somebody that you actually like it probably doesn't deserve a place on our network you know no tricky stuff no um obviously no uh direct spam but but we really care about 
about the quality of the mail that gets sent through Aweber. Yeah, I talk a lot about that with my workshops and presentations that cheap tricks to drive engagement are a terrible idea. And there's, you know, all of these spammy bloggers who are still suggesting that you fool mm -hmm. people into opening your email. And sure, that could give you a, a small short term pop in opens, which are not even <laughs> as accurate yeah. as they once were. They were never that accurate. Now they're completely inaccurate. Um, and it's just not worthwhile because it like really har harms the sentiment that your recipient has uh, toward your brand. And so that's not going to help retain folks and, and uh, turn them into loyal customers, returning customers. And that loyalty is really at stake today more than ever. Now, I have to tell you the story of how Aweber became the official email service provider of humans of email. Um, Natalie took the lead on making the decision on like what is the best ESP for a side hustle for folks who are in the email biz. And she narrowed it down to two solutions. And she's like, I can't decide, Jen. You pick. Here, uh, is it this or is it Aweber? And I was like, okay, well, let me check them out. And I did a little digging and I was like, oh, hands down, we're going with Aweber because they support AMP, which is, um, if you're not familiar with that, that is uh, a technology that enables interactivity in email, in uh, Gmail, and in Yahoo. Um, are you something? It, it's Russian, right? So like, probably not going to affect our audience. But um, I have been so such a champion of AMP and interactivity in email and the possibilities that that presents and and i was like i want to play i want to experiment like i've been talking about amp but i haven't yeah. been playing with amp and so we're going with aweber we're gonna try out the amp and we haven't gotten there yet we're it's coming you know we're gonna we'll be talking about it on the show and um and uh getting hopefully some feedback from our audience on what their user experience is with that but it is fascinating to me that a solution that is geared towards solopreneurs, uh, ultra small businesses, side hustles, that you would in, you'd activate this type of technology because not every ESP is supporting it yet. Why did Aweber make that decision? To, to jump on the AMP train. The short, I'll give you the short answer and then the longer answer. The short answer is that we believe it's at least part of the future of email. And eventually everyone's going to uh, end up supporting it because of that fact. And we wanna be there uh, early so we can support the people who, who are gonna um, be a part of defining what that future looks like. Like that's what, when uh, we started out, we were doing something that had never been done before by making email automation available to everyday people, small business owners, solopreneurs, uh, creators with an interesting project idea. We're trying to do the same thing for AMP, honestly, for AMP for email. Um, and why do we think it's part of the future is because it makes the email experience so much richer and it's not going to remove all the constraints for sure. And again, those constraints are kind of good sometimes, but it does give people so much more power to um, uh, to allow people to do things that they want to and expect to do in email without having to um, navigate outside of their inbox. Um, like we don't think there's any reason why someone shouldn't be able to uh, eventually purchase something without ever leaving the inbox or to respond or leave... Um, a comment on a blog post without leaving the inbox. And all of these things are things that are going to eventually be possible. And in some cases already are possible with AMP. And, uh, and we'd be a, we wanna be a part of that. And we want the, the folks who are building that future to be using Aweber. 
It's really exciting for me, but I have heard a lot of folks in the community kind of poo-poo AMP, and adoption has been really low. Why do you think that is? Well, two things. On the one hand, it's the setup process is difficult right now uh, to get set up as an AMP-approved sender, and we're working with uh, a few partners to to make that uh, that process easier, um, which is another reason why getting in and uh, Supporting AMP in our product was so important to us, so we could build those relationships and make that that process super easy for people. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles is uh, it's kind of a pain to get set up so you can even send AMP. Um, but that's a problem that's going to be fixed in relatively short order. There are lots of people, the uh, individual uh, clients themselves, uh, ESPs like us who are working on solving that problem. The other part of it is, uh, I think sometimes uh, change is hard, you know, and email has been what email is for decades. Um, and this AMP represents a pretty significant change to what that is. And I, what I'm not trying to do is diminish people's concerns with AMP, but, um, but I, I think like with all new technologies, there are lots of unsolved questions and problems that we've never faced before. And instead of having less people engaged with solving those problems because they have issues with it, I really think more people who have issues right now should get involved with AMP, um, the core project, as well as sending AMP emails so they can be a part of solving those problems and making the ecosystem better going forward. Um, yeah, there are le legitimate concerns, but I don't think any of them are unsolvable. The folks with those concerns need to get involved so we can actually fix them because they're smart, obviously, or else they wouldn't be recognizing the, the issues. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm really excited to like dig in and have that hands-on uh, experience as a sender of AMP. So I'll be tapping into your team oh, for some it. support there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, can I put that out there for no. anyone? Like, If you have questions about AMP, reach out to us. We have uh, two people on our team, uh, the product manager, Dave Styes, and one of our email developers, uh, Janai, who are like... It's weird to say this, but due to the amount of AMP emails they send, they're some of the foremost experts in the world on AMP for email, and they're just incredibly nice, helpful people. So if you have questions, ask us. We would love to help. What's the best way to get in touch uh, with them? The best way is honestly probably through our live chat, um, and we'll, we'll just... AWeber has an incredible support team as well, 24-7. So if you start a live chat with us, mention this podcast and that you need some help with AMP for email, we'll get you, uh, we'll get you hooked up. We're also... That is such yeah. a generous offer. Thank you. Um, well, here at Humans of Email, we are all about the humans behind the email. So let's talk about you, Chris. Who are you outside of the email world? Tell us some fun <laughs> facts. What makes you tick? Like, what are you doing when you are not making AMP an amazing email possible. Uh, so I am a designer at heart. That's what I started out uh, doing. I started out with a little boutique design agency, which is one of the reasons I love working at uh, AWeber because our customers are very much like I was when I first started out. Um, and getting to help that type of person is awesome. So I do a lot of, uh, of design uh, projects. Most of it is kind of silly. Uh, I actually for fun, build email things. I have a newsletter called Would You Rather? That's just a weekly illustrated Would You Rather scenario. That's yeah. you? That's <laughs> yeah. you? Chris? Chris, I have a 
would you rather email in one of my presentations? At, and it's, would you rather have a dog <laughs> head or a dog body? <laughs> I, I love it. I had no I idea. I hope that slide is not, don't send stupid emails like this. <laughs> No, it's actually about the power of asking hmm. a question to elicit engagement and giving people options. Like I love to use multiple call to action buttons as answers to a single question. And so it's a great example of that, but it's very easy to use, you know, yes, no questions like a re-engagement yeah. campaign. Do you want to stay on our list or are you still interested in this product? Yes or no. Um, I've seen it used in... Um, uh, there, there was some kind of a skincare brand. No, no, no. It was a mental health tool. And the question was, do you like your family? <laughs> yes or no? And when you ask a question and you make it easy for someone to answer it, then you're going to achieve a higher level of engagement. You could potentially be gathering a data point that you can use going forward for greater relevance and personalization and segmentation in the future. And so that was just a fun way to illustrate it. And like, I love Jen, this. That, that's <laughs> love so this. cool that, that you use it for that reason. That's exactly why I started it initially, um, because I was trying to make a point about a uh, the term sounds so cold, but progressive profiling, like at, instead of trying to get all of your information from your audience and get to know them all at once, which isn't the way that relationships work. Like I, when you first meet someone, you don't learn everything that you want to know about them. You learn over time. And that, so that's why I started doing this. And I tag people every time they make a choice. And at the end of the year, I send people a recap email that just shows this is how the polls or each poll turned out. Here's what you chose. But what it's really doing is showing what I learned about their their uh, preferences over the course of the year. That's so cool. This is amazing. Yeah. And, and I think marketers so often feel that their hands are tied and they don't have the data points that they need to deliver better email. And I'm like, but you can use the channel yes. to get that data. Start asking some questions. And I've seen um, welcome campaigns that use that strategy to gather some data points for um, early segmentation, just simple segmentation, with click rates of up to 35%. And it's incredible. That, I know I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about myself, but that's actually a really neat use case for, uh, for AMP because having polls in your email that don't require people to leave the email to capture their feedback is a really kind of um, non-disruptive way to start doing some of that getting to know you work in the flow without breaking flow. Uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, I love that your answer to the question, like, <laughs> who are you outside of the email world is like, I, I send more email. Um, and, and like, that's it's also like my answer to the question, like, who am I outside of email? Like my email life and my non-email life blurred, are it's yeah. the same life. It's a, yeah, I, I don't have very distinct lines, but um, a, a, a common theme when we ask that question is that the folks in our community are creators of mm -hmm. some kind, whether it's like, you know, they're they're cooking and or they're building, you know, woodwork or, you know, creating other digital projects. Um, we, by and large, are yeah. makers, which I think is really interesting. Um, something else we love to answer or ask rather here is about our mistakes because our mistakes are what make us most human and we nearly all of us have had some kind of 
tragic campaign disaster. So I have to talk, toss the question to you, Chris. What is your big fail, whether it was like a colossal campaign error or a, a personal failure or career fa failure? Where have you been extremely human? So mine actually has nothing to do with email because it's from my previous position where I was also um, working in product management. But uh, I was working on developing this new product that was market research. We did uh, video production through this network of video producers. And we wanted to give uh, some sort of market research. Uh, like it was essentially uh, focus group feedback to the brands who were buying this video. And I was in charge of building out this product. And what I decided to do was like, okay, I basically know what, what folks want. I talked to one person, one of our clients got an idea of what they wanted. And I was like, okay, I can build this thing. It's just a survey. But uh, what I ended up finding was we did this pilot um, engagement with one of our clients. And it was like, it was a fair amount of money that they were putting up into this. And at the end of it, the results I gave them were not uh, of the statistical quality that they were expecting, which was a huge deal. And I had to go back and start from scratch. And uh, the mistake here was that I thought I knew enough off the bat to just jump in and build this thing that people spend their whole lives working on. And what I learned from that is that uh, I don't have all the answers. And one of the best things that I can do when I'm faced with a new problem is find someone who has more answers than I do. Um, it was like a big, I, it was a big hit to my professional pride and ego in the best possible way. Uh, and that, that's a lesson I've tried to carry with me is like when I'm doing something new, the best thing that I can be doing is asking questions. Even if I might think that they're silly or I might think that I should know the answers, it's always better for me to ask questions. That makes a lot of sense. Like we can um, maybe not be so humble early on in our career when we yeah. know everything and eventually we learn that we know yes. nothing at all. Yeah, that, that's great. And But there are tons of people around us who know things. And it, it like one of the most special things about getting to work in a, a creative environment is getting to ask questions and learn from people. And that's something that's really incredible about our community as well is um, it's kind and helpful and collaborative. And there's always someone who's willing to point you in the right direction, give you some feedback, uh, as long as you are behaving like a community member and, and being a, uh, giving more than you get. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan of email geeks and women of email and, and the, uh, the vibe that we've achieved in the email community. I think it's something really special. Well, Chris, it has been an incredible pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for jumping on one of our Humans of Email snippets and telling us all about Aweber. And I cannot believe that you are the human behind <laughs> um, Would You Rather. The, how do you subscribe to the Would You Rather email list? You can go to wouldyourather.fun to sign up. And I got to say, I have not been as consistent as I would like to be since the beginning of the year. But I'll, just having this conversation has reinvigorated me. I will send one in the next week or so. <laughs> well, if you ever want to brainstorm. Yeah, 100%. That would be so fun, Jen. <laughs> I would love to do that. And um, 
If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe to our email list, our email being delivered by our friends at aweber.com. Um, and you can find that subscribe button at humansofemail.com. You can follow us on all of the socials. You can shoot us an email at howdy at humansofemail.com. And we're looking forward to rolling out on Valentine's Day. Humans of Email is our love letter to the industry. And our official episode one of season one is going to premiere on February 14th. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you so much. This was fun. You've been listening to Humans of Email, a podcast about the people, ideas, and accidents that drive email forward. An Idea Empire production. Copyright 2022. 